Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss enemas, boomers, and the Motorola Razor. I don't want to waste one minute. Let's get right into it. I, I, I don't know what to say, but we are back. Oh, we're back. We're back. And, you know, I'd say better than ever, but, uh, you know, our, uh, we're not. We're dying. We're all dying. We're a little worse for wear. You know, people are wondering, the fan, Tony's wondering, where have they been? Where have Ryan and Josh been? And I'll tell you where. We were creating the coronavirus in a Wuhan lab, <laughs> secret <laughs> super lab. Um, no, listen, we've been obviously very busy with input. Um, and and I don't know if people know this, but I actually, uh, I actually uh, am responsible for uh, the outline input inverse and mic.com. A sort of editorially and thematically and so i actually have a lot of stuff that i'm doing <laughs> doing a lot of running around trying to put out yeah. fires and start fires and meanwhile the whole city is shutting down for coronavirus yeah um yeah and i got married yes so we were a little busy it's been crazy and it's only it just february just ended february is yeah. supposed to be a, a slow in my experience february is a very slow month where nothing happens like everybody's like just exhausted from the holidays still like post CES everybody's kind of exhausted but now it turns out that um February is like where the world begins to collapse in on itself should we talk what should we talk about should we talk about we should talk about coronavirus i think i mean yeah i mean as a place to start it's affecting literally everything like when we went through the news to be like what do we want to talk about on the show it's like everything has to do with coronavirus right well now hold now hold on let's back up now a lot of our listeners may not know about coronavirus how could you uh, not know? It's it's a virus and a beer that be, that was uh, uh, discovered in Wuhan, uh, in China, in a wet market, and has spread uh, due to animal human contact of some type. I'm not entirely sure what the the chain of events was. Anyhow, so we have this virus on our hands. It's not like a zombie virus. It's not it's flesh eating bacteria. It's actually not like wiping people out. It's the mortality rate is. Bad if you're very old. If you're younger, it's pretty good. Although I will say that the series The Leftovers was based on a similar amount of people going missing. So, well, I mean, yes, I mean, you know, that's medically accurate, but it, but those people disappeared. These people aren't disappearing. It would not be such a big deal if the U.S. had responded in the way that the U.S. should respond to pandemics, and if we hadn't like recently sliced the budget of the CDC. It's way worse than it would have. I mean, it's similar to the HIV AIDS crisis of the 80s where like the Reagan administration was laughing about it and ignoring it. And it's like right. it wouldn't be what it is. It would have never been what it was if people had reacted well, the way well, that like science tells you to react. Well, I mean, there's – there's, I mean, without – and we'll talk about politics a little bit because that's all obviously also a very hot topic right now. But like the reality is that we have a president um, that I would describe as you know anti-science, anti-information – uh, and also, he is like legitimately stupid. Like, I think he's a legitimately stupid person. I mean, I know people talk about him being like brilliant or whatever. I mean, like no, his he fans. has holes in his brain from amphetamines. His brain is scrambled eggs, or from something. I don't know what. But the but the important thing is that his brain doesn't work right. Like, there's a there's a press conference with him where he's talking to people, and uh, and he's like. You know, could we just use like a really good flu vaccine on this? And their doctors are like, no. 
You know, it's like, you know, like a 10 year old would know better than to ask that question. You know, if you know the basics of how vaccines work. I mean, he he's advocating that people go to work like sick. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just so the problem is that obviously it's it's a new virus out in the world. It clearly can be communicated to uh, people the way that much the way the flu is, which means it's fairly communicable. And um, and we have a president who is anti-science and low information and really doesn't have a fucking plan or a strategy to save his life. And then he puts Mike Pence in charge, who is literally responsible for a fucking HIV outbreak in his state when he was governor. Um, And so, you know, it's like perfect storm shit. Now, the thing about America right now is everybody's kind of like, well, it's not that bad here. Like there haven't been that many cases. But one of the reasons we don't know about all of the cases is because people literally can't get tests. Like we don't have enough tests and can't distribute them fast enough. And there was this like video that was on a Twitter yesterday from this, you know, this like nurses union or whatever, giving a statement where they're like, yeah, one of our nurses uh, is, has coronavirus, needs the test. The CDC is like, well, you shouldn't have gotten it. You didn't wear protective gear. So we're not giving you the test. Like some weird shit that makes no sense. It's like, this is a healthcare provider. We don't know how she got it. That's what you need the test for. Like, but they're not doing it because they either don't have it or they don't understand how to do this. Or, you know, I mean, Trump's like been like cleaning house in places like the CDC. So, I mean, should we be surprised? So that's the problem, right? The problem is like, this isn't like the end of the, this virus is not the end of the world. Like the coronavirus will not wipe out all of life on earth. Cut, you know, smash cut to five years from now, headline, coronavirus wipes out all life on earth. And it's like, you know, picture of me, like uh, the doubters, didn't get it or whatever. But the point is, it coronavirus probably won't kill everybody, but it should be contained. And in, in, in containing it, you have to have like really thoughtful, like, uh, you know, practices around like public health and, and strategy around how to like get a community and large communities and the entire nation to, um, you know, get the help they need, get the tests they need take the precautions they need to take and then we don't we don't have that here we have a a total fucking disorder let's talk about how the fact that this is really impacting the economy because companies have like basically outsourced all of manufacturing to china and china is you know is under the crippling weight of this pandemic which is causing quarantines and people to obviously not go to work and there's a lot of confusion and chaos. So companies like Apple have had to cut their financial expectations for the quarter, or like Konami just pushed back the launch of the TurboGrafx-16 Mini. Very depressing. Um, this is the serious stuff, folks. Um, <laughs> but I mean, that's just an example of like within our industry that we cover the amount of stuff that's like affected. And so this, if the coronavirus is dealt with poorly, it could lead to like a worldwide economic slump. Right. The economy's already eating shit. Like, I mean, this is, you know, the 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 byproduct of having a globalized economy like ours and getting all everything made in another country where sometimes shit like coronavirus puts people on gets people put on lockdown is like you've got to deal with the repercussions. And we have a president, you know, we have a president who is like making deals with China in like these best like in his head is like these best case scenario situations. And like, you don't always get the best case scenario. So, you know, we've got like a lot, we've already got lopsided trade issues with, with China that the president really hasn't solved in any meaningful way. He's literally like, 
giving money to farmers as relief because like they can't import or sorry, export like soybeans fast enough or anymore. And, um, and now we're like, now we have like a legitimate real, like unavoidable thing happening in the world, which is like, you can't talk your way out of a virus that shuts down a country, you know? And so it's like, look, if anything, this exposes my, my hope is that this exposes to everybody who sees who's been looking at Trump and going like, Oh, he's not that bad. Or oh, it's okay. Or what, you know, like whoever is like, Oh, he's okay. That you would look at this now and go, wait, this shit is not okay. Like this person is not prepared to handle these kinds of situations. I mean, I saw there's an interview with Elizabeth Warren last night with Rachel Maddow. I don't know if you watch it. Who she, you know, she just dropped out of the race and she was like talking about what she would do. And it was like so much fucking information like that is real like and so much strategy and so much like oh yeah like you understand like global economics and you understand like how you know public health and like just all kinds of stuff you need to understand if you're president and you just realize that like we're kind of in free fall right now like nobody's got the control like nobody really is going to be able to handle this like we're going to have to hope i hope and this is what i think is ultimately going to happen that state that states are going to take matters into their own hands. I think if you've been listening to Cuomo in New York at all, it's clear that New York has has been doing a lot of the right things, I think, from what I can tell. Um, and we've been able to you know, quarantine and contain a lot of the, the, the people who've been tested and have it. But, you know, the shit's not going anywhere anytime soon. I mean, I mean, that's the thing is that it's like because of we didn't because we didn't contain it at the beginning, this might just become a fact of life, like flu season. Yeah. Oh, I think it will. I mean, we'll see what kind of staying power it has. I mean, this maybe there's a wave of this and we come up with a vaccine and there's this one strain and it doesn't mutate or whatever we think is the best case scenario. I mean, I just think, you know, I, I, what, what, I, what I will say is this. I mean, and I hope that, that it makes people feel this way. Who is in charge matters, like whether or not they have a brain that can do organized tasks like plan around a unforeseen event like i think that hopefully now even some of these diehard trump people must be going like wow i don't really feel like super safe the way that they've done this and the way that they are doing it i mean who knows those people are kind of brainwashed at this point so who fucking knows so hopefully as we come around to this next presidential election and we can segue into the presidential election for a minute <laughs> what a fun episode we're just having fun just two boys kicking back having a good time there's two guys and we're having fun as usual um but like you know like it is so i hope that here's the here's the things i'm hoping that people realize one is that it really matters who's in charge of stuff when the shit hits the fan and if they're not good at their fucking job, we're in trouble. And two, I hope it makes people reevaluate like the way they live and what is important and where like the value in their life is. Like I do think that in this moment, you're kind of like, you know, people are like stockpiling shit and they're like worried and they're fearful and they're like, you know, wiping down surfaces or whatever. But I also think it makes us take stock of like, what what is life like? I mean, we're not in a we're not in a, an apocalyptic situation right now. It just is scary because there's a lot of unknowns. But I don't think it's apocalyptic. <laughs> it's scary because we're on the verge of several different apocalypses. Right, right. But <laughs> but you know, but 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 I think we should all start to reevaluate like the way we behave. You know how our actions affect others. 
um, you know, what is important in life? What are the things that like you're stocking up on? Like, look, I got a, I'm sitting in a room full of keyboards, you know, those keyboards, that keyboard money could have gone to a bio, a biohazard suit, you know, like I could be wearing a fucking like Jude law. Now I got to do a Jude law makeshift contagion suit now because I spent all my money on keyboards. Maybe oh, I should have spent see, them. I thought you were going to like a love in the time of Corona sort of place. Well, no, no, but no, no. But fact, also you took it to like, <laughs> I should have been the prepper in American <laughs> no, horror story. No, 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 no. But I think, it, no, I think that's right. I mean, the, the reality is we live in a society Okay. We do. We, we do live in a society. We live in a society and and uh, and other people, we are not alone here. Other people impact this our life good for good or bad and we've got to get better at dealing with it and traversing like the way we are in that society. And like, you know, I think this is starting to become evidence everywhere. You know, I would say like and now I think we should talk about politics, but I would say like one of the things I've noticed over the last few I mean, the last two weeks have been crazy. I'll just, just in case, Tony, in case you're not following politics, I'll just give you a quick update, okay? Because a lot has happened since the last time we recorded a podcast. Yeah, a lot. Uh, <laughs> a lot. Like, so the, 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 the presidential race is now down to, the Democratic race is now down to Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, which, by the way, is completely unsurprising to me. Like, I'm not surprised at all that this is where it netted out. Elizabeth no. Warren dropped out. thought it was going to be like Amy Klobuchar versus yeah. Tulsi Gabbard? I mean, I mean, I, the, the things that I was that I am have been impressed by is the fact that uh, Pete Buttigieg, who I know you don't like, and I have like I'm like neutral on Pete Buttigieg. I'm like I would be fine with Pete Buttigieg over Trump. That's my take on Pete Buttigieg. Like I don't think he's the best candidate, but he wasn't the worst idea in the world. But I will say this: young gay man being like even considered for president getting significant percentages of votes in some places pretty sh- crazy uh pretty wild times we live in a first ever and people didn't kind of didn't seem to give a shit really uh you know unsurprisingly we had several great uh women candidates who you would think like like Elizabeth Warren is at the top of my list I think should have been the nominee personally but but like you're like wow but like clearly something has happened with women. Like we've gone in reverse when it comes to like how women are considered. I think it's like we're waiting for the magic woman where everybody's going to be like, she's the one. And like, I don't think we're going to get there the way that America thinks about and treats women. But also we got fucking Joe Biden who is like, just took him off the shelf. No upgrades, you know, no like refinement, no really good talking points like actually sounds insane sometimes when he talks and we're like, this is guy's totally fucking viable now to become president of the United States. We've got Bernie, great talking points, great policies, seemed like he was the front runner, suddenly fighting for his survival in this race. But here's the, which is nuts to me because I thought it was going to be like, Bernie was just going to toast everybody. And I was getting ready to be mad about sexism, which I am mad about when it comes to Elizabeth Warren, but now I'm like mad about a lot of other things, but here's the thing. And this is getting back to my point about, you know, we live in, we, us living in a society. I've come to realize that, that a lot of the people who are voting right now, and by the way, big voter turnout, we just had super Tuesday. This is the shit that blows my mind. I mean, did you look at these numbers at all? I know I'm kind of ranting right now. I'm getting to a point. I promise there's a big voter turnout. Like the vote was like doubled in size in some places, but like, the big voter turnout was like 
older moderates for Biden and like the young people that are supposed to be turning out for Bernie, like aren't turning out. And it's like, it's like, I don't understand. Like I get that there is a coterie of very um, activated young people for Bernie. And I thought that maybe those people would do more like outreach rather than just to their own social networks, but would do a lot of canvassing and phone calls and stuff, which it seems like they're doing. But I thought that would have a bigger dent, but I never really did think that like, suddenly the youth were going to turn out at 60%, 70%. Because, like, if the Vietnam War didn't get young people to vote, I don't see, like, legal weed or, like, well, Trump doing I, it. I hear that, but I will say, look at the votes in 1992 and 2008, which is Bill Clinton and Obama, and the youth vote goes way up, way up, and, like, like by significant percentage points. And I think that it's, like, I have expected something like that to be happening as we've in, been in this Trump era of, like, total insanity that where young people are particularly vulnerable, I think, to like Trump's policies, you know, especially if you're, you know, gay or trans, especially if you're a person of color, especially if you're an immigrant, like, so you think, well, I will say people of color turned out and LGBTQ people always turn out. We vote like we at every demographic part, LGBTQ people always vote in insane amounts. Yes. But you know, the, uh, uh, black vote, turned up for Biden, right? And like, yeah. so, okay, so here's the thing though. What I've realized, what this has all made me realize is that basically everybody's a single issue voter, okay? And like, I think if you look at like Bernie, like the main, the most, the loudest people I hear from Bernie, like what they really, the single issue, and he's a very single issue guy, income inequality, right? Income inequality is this issue, which has threads into almost everything in our lives, right? But I think at the top of that list is thing are things like universal health care, um, um, student loan, you know, sort of the student loan debt situation we're in, um, um, immigration issues, uh, 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 systemic racism. But it all stems from this economic inequality, right? Like, I think that people who are voting for Biden, Biden doesn't have a platform. Like, I like I'm here, I'm watching it, and I'm like, Biden's platform is. He wants to restore decency, whatever, quote unquote, decency to America. And what I have now come to realize and why Biden is in now the, in the first place, in the he's now the front runner, is that it's not just because people are old and stupid. It's not just because Biden is a well-known name, although that certainly helps. It's not just because he was the vice president, the most popular president in modern history. I think people are like, they're not voting for a candidate. They're not voting for Joe Biden. They're voting against Donald Trump. And that's their only issue. Like Drew, uh, Drew Millard did a, did an interview on the outline with his dad who voted for Biden in South Carolina and is like a, you know, a part of the demo, the quote unquote democratic establishment. But it was a really interesting conversation because he's like, yeah, like Biden's not great, but like we need to get rid of Trump. And somehow it has just gotten like in the groundwater that they're like, Biden is the way because the only issue they're voting on is get rid of Trump. And it's like sort of insane to me. I totally get it. But it's also like, is this, are we asking, to, I'm just like trying to figure out like, are we asking too much of people to have more than one issue? Like, I feel like we are, which is nuts, but I feel like we are. I just think that what I, the reason that I can't even get some level of excitement up for like, well, we've got Trump out and maybe I don't like Biden. Listen, I'm obviously going to vote for Biden if he's the nominee. I will obviously do work to get Trump out of office. I, this isn't in question. However, 
I need people to hear and like understand the concerns that first off, Biden doesn't seem like a great guy or a great nominee. And I, I mean, we can go into every specific instance of his poor judgment or his clear mental decline, but like that's scary to me. But even if this was peak Biden, I think like another neo-lib centrist, you know, like I'm a capitalist, but you know, I I'll protect social security, even though Biden seemingly doesn't want to do that. Um, if we go with another Hillary Clinton, Obama type, I feel like we're just going to get another Trump because people don't, weren't satisfied. They hated the way the world was. And so I worry that we'll be doing Ivanka 2024. I, I, you know, it's hard to say at this point. I, I, I will say, like, I totally hear that argument, and I, and I dread it. I dread the reality of it, and I think it's possible. I think that, you know, um, like what I <laughs> – I'm trying to think of best-case scenarios for the worst-case scenario. Like, like wor- if worst-case scenario is Biden – look, the best-case scenario is whoever it is. They can be Trump, right? They actually yeah, can get yeah. Trump out of office. Like we, that's that, the bare minimum. We do we want, really yeah, need. bare minimum is like you need to actually be able to win, okay? And let's say that we know that Biden can win, okay? I doubt that he can, but yes, let's say that. That's I, the I, I, I don't know. I mean, look at the vote turnout. Look at the people who are voting for him. I mean, look- I know, but we have yet to put Biden on stage next to Trump, yeah. and that will be very bad. I mean, people maybe. have been going pretty light I mean, on maybe. Biden in these debates, and he's made a fool of himself. No, I mean, maybe, but Trump is completely out of his mind. I mean, those debates. Don't- but at least he's entertaining. Yeah, but Biden is just boring and dumb. I don't know. I watched Biden on the night, you know, when he mistook his sister for his wife, which I think was an honest mistake that we all could have made. But hold on, I watched him speak, and he did sound totally out of his mind, but. He also kind of was like, sounded like a politician getting people fired up. I was like, yeah, okay, this is like inspirational, random inspirational shit. Trump does the same shit to his base. He says shit. He says shit all the time. That's like basically inspirational to Republican, the Republican sure. base, which is like, which is like, wait, maybe we'll shut down the New York Times. It's like he can't fucking shut down the New York Times. But they are all like, yeah, shut it down, shut but- it down. But I, I, my concern is, and this was my concern last time, and I didn't think it was as big a concern, but I was concerned about it. Yeah. And in hindsight, we should have been panicked about it, which is inspirational rhetoric and traditional cadence of like, we are Americans. Yeah. This is what we do. Loses to the novel idea of lock her up every single okay, time. But I, and if he starts hammering home Hunter Biden's stripper shit, yeah. it will stick oh, in people's no, no, minds no, 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 so no. much better. You can't. By the way, I'm not arguing. I, I would prefer, I mean, I have questions about Bernie's ability to be Trump as well, but I will say I would rather have Bernie. I would rather put forward the candidate with the strongest policies who has a, function, a somewhat functioning brain than one who's just like a well-known person who can like yell pretty decently sometimes. Like, But here's what I'll say. First off, the president Trump has very little room to talk about like morality and strippers and stuff. He literally paid off a porn star like because he cheated yeah, but on the his wife. Has never held him. No, back. I get it. I get that. But we're in a different. Pl- I mean, you do have to understand, and this is something I've been talking about for a long time. You've got people who are like that decency shit that he says. I know it sounds like bullshit to everybody who's supporting Bernie, but I've talked to people who are in their sixties and seventies and eighties in my family, not in my family, older people who are like, 
I need this country to get back to normal. I want this country to be respected again. I don't want to wake up every day and feel terror about like my life and what's going on and like look at the news and feel like overwhelming like terror about like what's happening with the country. There is a large portion of the electorate. Remember, Hillary Clinton won more votes in the popular vote than Trump and lost by 70,000 votes as far as as far as the Electoral College is concerned, Hillary Clinton was one of the most un- unpopular candidates ever in the eyes of many of these like middle of the road voters. It, she was a woman, which we know does not fly very much in America, and 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 she was not the vice president of one of the most popular presidents ever. So, like, I think there are there's a lot going for Biden in terms of pure electability. I think look, totally. I, 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 I'm not saying he's. I, I, my worry is that. Both that I don't think he will beat Trump because I do, I do think that Hillary looked stronger next to Trump, and I think that that matters in as equal measure well, as he was horrible. As, he was horrible. In, he was horrible in debates, and she was great. And then people were like, "Yeah, Trump won that debate," and I'm like, "Okay, I guess we're in the fucking upside down." Well, what the other thing that I worry about, and just I just want to have this criticism on the record, and I hope that 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 Biden is able to hear this and like put his big money donors in his like back burner and take care of issues first is like, we have 10 years to deal with climate change. And like Biden has a very, very, very bad score on that. And he is not the candidate that will like steer us through yeah, the climate but, apocalypse. But, but remember, and, and but I remember, am very but, scared. It's true. But, well, as of right now, but Trump is even less of the candidate. And so the, if the choice comes down to, listen, I'm saying go fucking vote for Bernie. I think he's got a better set of policies. But the reality is we don't – you and I who like Bernie and support him and like his policies don't get to decide what the rest of the electorate does and no matter how many calls I place. Dude, I've had conversations with people, people who are even younger than 60 or 70 or 80 who are like – and this is true. Like I'm not – I'm not like exaggerating. I've had conversations with people who are in their late 40s and they're like, Bernie is crazy. I don't want to vote for Bernie. He seems like he's out of his mind. And like, they are really scared of Bernie. They're like freaked out by Bernie. No amount of me going like, he's fine. You're exaggerating. You're overreacting. Believe me, like it's not you. like, he's not a socialist the way you think of socialism. Like, this is all really normal stuff. No matter how much I've talked to people, they don't want to hear it. They're just like, this guy reminds me of Trump. And that's the th- fucking thing that I actually think has been most detrimental to him in these last couple of weeks. The Cuba shit, I know everybody was like, who cares? Trump said way worse stuff. It's like it reminds people of Trump. It reminds people of someone who is like not quote unquote normal and they get freaked out by it because people are basically fucking dumb. And so like I hear what you're saying and I agree like vote for fucking Bernie. The problem is we don't rule the electorate and the electorate's real. And so like we have this problem where we're going to like – what's the, remember I was saying like what's the best case scenario for the worst case? And like what I want it to be is like Biden is like if Biden gets the nomination – but the thing is, I just I blame Biden and all the centrist fucking Pete's and the Amy's because when the right wing 
moves right, when their base does some Tea Party shit, the whole party swings right to chase them down to get their votes. When it's us, we get taken, progressives yeah. get taken for granted. Like, you'll vote either way. I mean, you say, so we don't need to give a shit what you do or say. You say that, but but you don't remember. I mean, I think you're having a little bit of like, you're, you're, you're blanking on how long it took for Trump to assert himself as actually the leader. And even at the Republican convention, Ted Cruz got up on stage and was like, he wasn't like, I endorse Donald Trump. He was like, vote you know, vote for who you think, you know, vote for your, your heart. Don't vote for, you know, just because somebody's at the top of the, of the polls right now. Like he basically was like, I'm the, I don't think you should vote for this guy, which was like a pretty big deal at that convention. But it took a while for him to like steamroll over all those people. But here's the fucking thing. Republicans and Democrats are different. Democrats are more independent in their way of thinking. I do think it's like a problem with the party, but also one of the strengths of the party that pe- some people are like, well, I'm more this way. And other people are like, I'm more that way. But we agree on basic things. Like, I mean, we do agree on basic things. Like, I mean, remember, Joe Biden was part of the administration that was the first that ever made from any party to make headway on anything approaching socialized health care in this country. And if it hadn't been for the Republicans, we would have single payer. We would have universal health care. There would be a very fucking different situation. Remember, it wasn't the Democrats that lost it. It was the Republicans that crushed it out of existence. Okay, but but yes, I acknowledge that there is a problem that there is a sane party and an insane party. And so within the sane party, you're going to get a spectrum of beliefs because the only thing keeping us together is the fact that we're sane. But like, I, I am bemoaning the fact that sane people, that the sane group of people can't take two seconds to analyze the long-term ramifications of what they think is quote-unquote safe and what they think is quote-unquote normal. And that we're basing all of our issues and our stances on issues and our stances on what's safe from 30 fucking years ago. No, I agree. It's nuts, but the reality is it takes time. And, and, And I will say this, as far as like making a case for it, and this is the thing that really aggravates me. And I, and I just would take, I wanted like every Bernie supporter, fervent Bernie supporter. And again, I want to say, I like Bernie. I voted for Bernie in the primary. I support Bernie now. But I want every fervent Bernie supporter to think about, I know everybody's like, oh, I was mean to you online, so you're not going to vote for the better candidate. But like the same thread of that kind of shit is the way Bernie has carried out his campaign. He is not making – by the way, you know they started this Obama uh, Obama loves Bernie ad. They started running it in Florida after South Carolina. Oh. I mean, Bernie, there's an article about Bernie wanting to run a spoiler campaign in 2012 against Obama. There's a history of Bernie not working with the Democratic establishment. There's a history of Bernie saying, we're going to burn the Democratic establishment down. And like, unfortunately for Bernie's reality, those people have to be brought into your cause somehow or you cannot win. Like, you know, Trump was able to steamroll Republicans because Republicans basically don't have a platform. You know, they don't have like a guiding star except like, the death cult, they're they're all in a fucking weird death cult, you know, which is why like a guy who pays off a porn star who, who cheated on his wife is able to be embraced by the evangelical uh, Christians because they're like, well, we want abortion to be banned, you know, but like they have like these like single, again, single issue voters. The problem is like you have to, you cannot be like, listen, here's the deal. If Bernie had brought out this coalition of young people, this dramatic number of young people this wouldn't even be a, a question because he could win. He could win those states without the establishment. He hasn't done it. It's not there. And in fact, like young people who voted for Bernie in 2016 sat out some of these fucking primaries, which is insane. So like the problem fucking is like as good as his ideas are, 
as much as I agree with him, you still have to get everybody on board and you don't do it by going, fuck you. Like I saw somebody tweet the other day. They're like, you know, I'm very disappointed about Warren dropping out, but vote for Bernie, you fucking ghouls. And it's like just calling someone a fucking ghoul is not a good way to get someone to vote for your candidate. A good way to get them to vote for your candidate is to actually fucking be like, okay, but I'm sorry, but the, like they, the people have are people are dying and suffering. And there are people who cannot, there are people I know that can't go to the doctor and haven't been able to go to the doctor for a year. There are people I know who, are, who I, I, me, I'm not adopting children in the next few years because I don't know whether or not I will le- they'll legally be mine. There are people who are really scared and struggling, and sometimes those people aren't going to be like yeah. nice and presentable. Yeah, but guess what? And Twitter guess is what? not fucking real life. But guess what? Twitter is not fucking real life. Guess what? Like snake emojis. The fact okay, that fucking Charlotte Kleiner no, 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 no. is out here saying you really should rethink those snake emojis I, now, huh? I, I, like, look, are we in middle I agree, school? I agree. People are dying. No, no, that's not my point, though. I agree. But w- going back to what I said, like, first off, Bernie has to do it from the top. I'm not talking about the fucking people on Twitter. I'm saying that's a reflection of the attitude. But the reality is Bernie has to bring – he has to get those endorsements. He has to go to the to the de- establishment and say, listen, I want to work together. How do we make this work? He hasn't done that shit. And he hasn't brought out the youth vote that he talks about having. And th- in getting back to what I was saying, there's a single-issue voter out there, and they're looking for one thing, and they have to see it, which is – you can have you have the platform and the position and the the uh the connections to take out Donald Trump because those people you're talking about like I hear what you're saying healthcare is I mean it's 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 vitally important that we get universal healthcare that we get socialized healthcare in this country for everybody the reality is that's not the issue for many many voters that's just the fact that's I hate to say it but it's a fact they're not like my most important issue is healthcare there's some old people who are worried about losing their uh, Medicare and Medicaid. They're, that's their issue. But there are a lot of people for, for whom the single issue is not income inequality. It's not socialized health care. It's not, it's not any of that stuff. It's I need to get rid of Trump so I can wake up every day and feel normal again. And like that is their issue. That is their abortion. And if you cannot get them convinced on that issue, this is why I'm like so frustrated because I think Bernie could fucking beat Trump. But like how can you show them that he can beat Trump? Just by telling them that everybody should have health care is not the fucking answer. There has to be – the thing that – that bullshit that Joe Biden does is the same bullshit that Pete Buttigieg does, is the bullshit that Obama does where every once in a while they're talking and you're like, this guy – is like going to take us somewhere that we, we haven't been before because they have this inspirational tone of speaking that isn't reflective of re- the reality that you and I live in. Like we know that that's like a great stump speech isn't doesn't make a great politician. I'm sorry, it doesn't make a great president. It makes a great politician. But like that's the same thing that got Trump elected. He fucking is charismatic. He gets people excited, his people, and he somehow completely fucking steamrolled that that whole party on bullshit and lies that he could never fulfill because he said it so well. That's basically it. And so like, if you can't convince people that you're that guy to take people to the mountaintop, that's the fucking problem that we have. And and by the way, it's not a knock on. I just don't think, I don't think Joe Biden's that guy. No, I mean, I don't know. He's right now. He's more that guy than Bernie is to people. That's the problem. 
and it's not but about I policy. Think we need to run some other kind of. No, but you understand you're trying to. We clearly don't have think about, that guy. Think about it, Joe Biden is not that guy. Okay, but think about it this way: the people who support Bernie want revolutionary new politics. They want socialized healthcare. They want. I think more than that. More than that, they want their frustration and anger to be heard. Okay, but the, and Joe Biden doesn't fucking listen. But a huge, but a huge. Okay, but that's all. That's all at this down deep in the dirt, in the like the actual nitty gritty. Up at the higher level, the people who are responding to Joe Biden don't want revolutionary politics. They want Trump to be gone. Their revolution is get rid of this motherfucker and then we can talk about what comes next. But right now, I mean, I really you hear this and see this from everybody who's voting for Joe Biden and people who are leaning towards Joe Biden. It's like I don't care about almost anything right now. Now I'm not saying I feel this way. They're like, you can only do so much at once. Their argument is basically like, right now, number one job is get rid of Trump. And they feel for whatever reason, because he's familiar or because he was Obama's VP or because he inspires them when he screams about random shit, for whatever fucking reason, they're like, that's the guy. Or the name recognition alone. Or the fact- It's just name recognition. Well, he gets, also gets endorsements. I, I honestly believe that. He also got all these people to endorse him. You know, people who were in a running, who were taking double digit percentages of votes. He now they're now saying, okay, I'll get behind this guy. Fucking Clyburn is like, I'll I get, look, think, anyhow. I mean, the let, let's end on this, but I think I, I, to, I have to say it if we're having this discussion. Bernie's ideas and his turnout probably would be completely different in a society that hadn't accepted so much voter suppression over the last 30 years. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. And the gerrymandering and the suppression. I mean, even the stuff we saw people waiting in line because they literally have. So the people we're talking about are the people who are probably going to be fine either way. And what it really comes down to is they don't want to hear about this shit anymore. But the problem is when Biden is elected at some point, you're going to have to hear about this shit again because those people who are dying are still going to be dying and they're going to be even angrier because they finally got rid of Trump and nothing changed and nothing got better. And they're going to go hog wild in 2024. And, and, and yeah. if they can't vote, if they can't be heard, if that doesn't happen, if there's no candidate expressing their anger, they're not going to bottle it up and just take I it. Think, I think, I think we need the, this is what actually I was getting to is the, um, the best worst case scenario is that we is that Biden ends up with a running mate that pushes him way harder and way further left on so many of these issues that we don't end up in a place where in four years we're like none of this shit happened. I think we've learned a lot like about what is gonna fly and what isn't. And I think that like what we like, listen, this is crazy, but what I really want to have happen more than anything is for Biden. If Biden becomes the nominee, I want Bernie to be his VP. That's like my dreams. That's, That's my dream scenario. Not it's insane. I know it's insane, but like having somebody with that strong of an agenda at that level of the government would absolutely have an impact, right? Or Warren. But like, who knows? Like, who fucking knows? It's not happening. Well, it, I mean, I'm just saying, we live in crazy times. We live in historic times. Bernie's not going to get another chance. He's not going to run in four years. I mean, he's old. How old is Bernie? 78? 75? They're all they're old as shit. They're so old. That's the worst. You know what I want? I want a new candidate. I want a fucking candidate who's like 45 years old, who is super fucking smart, who's super fucking progressive and gets people fired up. I want like Obama for now. 
Are you announcing Topolsky 2024? Today I announce my candidacy for president of the United States of America on a policy of free drugs for everyone. And I don't mean I don't mean like heart medication. I mean the good stuff. Honestly, I think that's a platform. Um no, look. I, I just think we need a we need something. We need some new fucking blood. We need honestly, we need like whatever AOC is doing like 10 years older. Okay. We have to talk oh about my God. All right. Let's talk about phones. We have not talked about foldable oh my phones God. and our, our, our journey with our good friend Motorola. Foldable, foldable phones. I can't believe it's been so long we've done this. We haven't talked about foldable phones. Um, foldable phones. Let's talk about them really quick. We were very excited about the Razer. The Razer is a total fucking piece of shit. We were very excited about the Galaxy Z Flip. It's a fine phone. Would not recommend it. Personally, would not recommend it over a regular Samsung Android device. I think foldable phones, we just saw some TCL devices that are like crazy, like trifold and one that has like a thing that pulls out. Like, I don't know if like we're anywhere near on the technology front, like getting foldable, collapsible phones, right? Like, I think there is a future where you've got a thing that's like a phone and then like you like pull something out or fold something out and it turns into like a tablet size screen or whatever. Like that would be rad. And like, if we have an interface that can support it, if it's like, the iPhone turns into an iPad. Like I, th- I'd be pretty into that, but we're not anywhere. The screens aren't the there. Screens aren't there. Honestly, they're too soft and they're too breakable, and they get too much shit happens to them. And even if you fold them closed, you flip it open with your thumb, and you didn't cut your nails, and your th- thumbnail no. rips into your screen. Like we can't have it's tissue paper. Yeah, those things don't work. I mean, I was so excited about the Z Flip. I literally purchased one and was gonna wait like the month it would take for them to s- assemble one and send it to me. And after playing with it, I was like, oh, I'll break this, and then I'll be so sad. <laughs> so I didn't buy right. it. I mean, it it is um it's just not ready for prime time in any way shape or form like it just isn't there and i think we're trying to um you know everybody wants innovation now we're desperate for innovation and this looks like innovation but it actually isn't it's just like we changed some stuff and made the screens worse and you know the phones are like not as powerful and the cameras are less good and it's like don't spend 1500 fucking dollars on a phone that sucks just because it folds in half there's no justification for it and having used these devices i can say emphatically you are not getting your money's worth the only thing that you get out of it is that people are like whoa that's cool but like i'm sorry if whoa that's cool is worth 1500 dollars to you like you need to get your priorities straight like you need to get your life and adjusted you know (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you've used them. What did you What did you think? It's a cool idea, and I certainly love the idea of getting back to a place where anything goes in phone design, like the 2003 Nokia style. But I, they're not. I want them to be good, and I think that there is a future for them if the screens, in some way, become durable. But at at the present moment, you can't charge people two thousand dollars for a phone that like immediately breaks and. Perfect example is the razor. Like we don't even know what happened to yeah, our razor. We don't know what happened to our razor. We had a wild, we had a wild um ride. You know, we basically like <laughs> we got a razor. Um, I reviewed it. It's not very good. Used it for a few days. We got the Galaxy Z flip. I was like, Ray, do you want to take the razor and you know check it out and compare the two? He was like, totally. He took it out one day, opened the phone up. The screen was had like a weird crease in it. He didn't know where it came from. 
um, we contacted Motorola. We're like, yo, what's up with this? They're like, oh yeah, send it back to us. We'll inspect it. We're like, eh, eh, maybe not. Like, we're, you guys have been have like ghosted us on several occasions and been like really weird and cagey. There's like a very we've had a really weird experience with their PR people. And uh, I was like, yeah, I don't think sending it back to them for them to do whatever kind of autopsy they're going to do feels like that like good or transparent of an idea. And so we're like, hey, I fix it. Do you guys want to do a teardown of this and figure out what happened to the display? And that way we'll have like a third party that's sort of neutral. They're like, yeah, totally want to do it. And then, I mean, you can read the story on the site. But then the next day, literally, the iFix people were like, um, we're going to decline to do this because Motorola asked us as a special favor to not do it, which is super fucking shady on so many levels. And it turned into this whole thing. So I wrote the story about it, like basically like this thing happened. So here's the interesting thing. So then I was like, well, I have this fucking broken phone. And by the way, the screen got worse. The screen got like, we had it closed for a bit. And then like I opened it and I put it back in its box. I was like, well, I'm just going to return that. We bought the phone. I'm like, well, I'm just going to return this and be like, I don't know what the fuck happened, but we're not, you know, Motorola, I don't, I'm not sending it to the Motorola PR team. And I fix it doesn't want to fuck with it. And so like, maybe I'll just take it back and call it a day. I took it to a Verizon store. They're like, we can't take this back. You damaged the screen. I'm like, no, this happened to the screen. They're like, this looks like you dropped it. I'm like, it wasn't dropped. It wasn't struck. The screen is fucking weird. And this is not the last time you're going to see this. They're like, also, the screen is thin as a piece of paper. And and at which... Uh- Fair enough, but it flaps off of the thing when it closes. Right, so, right. like, no, but like the guy at the store was like, I listen, if there's any, if the screen looks damaged at all, he's like, it's our policy that we basically like default to you broke the screen somehow and we don't do. But this is a different kind of screen. We don't do returns. And I'm like, yeah, but this screen's nuts and it broke on its own. And they're like, sorry, I can't help. So I'm like, okay. So now I've actually sent it to the warranty through the warranty program. With Motorola, and I am eagerly awaiting what they have to say about it because it's like I assume it's not going to be the same people who would be doing an autopsy on it. It's like somebody in Texas down in their like warranty repair center. What I really want to know now, and I might write about it, is what happens if your screen does this shit and you send it for a warranty repair from with Motorola? Like, are they going to be like, yeah, something was wrong with the with the with the uh, device, or are they going to basically try to charge people for a screen replacement? You know, I just can't believe Motorola took their most beloved, maybe their only beloved IP and like put it on such a slapped together piece of crap device. Like I, it's so sad to me. Like it, I know that Motorola is not the same people who were Motorola previously, but it's so sad. Like what do they have left now? Droid, the rocker. Like yeah, the the uh, cracker. Remember that phone? The crazer, crazer. (laughs) The cracker was my idea. It was a square phone. Looked like a (laughs) giant uh, saltine. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It sucks, and it sucks that foldable phones are not quite there yet. But I mean, it's an it's an idea that has legs. You just can't go around saying that you created bendable foldable glass and then you, people get it and it's plastic. <laughs> you just can't do right. that. No, you really you really can't. Um anyhow, so that's been our saga. We uh we tested the the Galaxy Z Flip. I mean, the reality is like these phones are dumb. They're not good and they're not worth you spending your money on. But the reality is like this is true I think uh of many things right now. Like 
you don't really need to spend money on a lot of things at this moment. Like I, there are phones I want all the time. Like we also reviewed the Galaxy S20 Ultra. I mean, we're just at a different point in technology. Like I love devices. I love new gadgets. I love like fucking around with like interesting technology, as you know. But I think we are at a point where like, you know, your last Galaxy phone is probably not that much worse than the new Galaxy phone. And you don't necessarily have to upgrade. And I think that's kind of liberating in a way, you know, like I think it's, I think it's, and I think that like, honestly, this coronavirus shit, me talking about the kind of impact to it. Now, obviously it's having a huge impact on the economy, but maybe it's good to take a step back and go like, is this global, this globalized, you know, instant on like instant gratification reality we live in is like actually good for us. Does it actually yield positive things you know like i i don't know anymore i think maybe it's good to slow down a little bit i mean this is part of the fucking you know argument about around twitter and facebook and 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 social media like do we need to be inundated with the fucking idea i mean to your point about people being mean on twitter it's like that isn't real life. it isn't real life if the people on twitter were real life bernie would have fucking blazed biden in these races the reality is Turns out there's a lot of other people who aren't on Twitter. And like we should actually it, well, it, it the thing is it's Twitter. I, I shouldn't have said it so callously. Twitter is real life. It's just such a tiny portion right. of real life <laughs> as to not matter. It's an app. Like <laughs> No, it's like uh it's like it's part of it. It's, it's like it's a very specific part, part of, of it. real life. When that part of real life matters, it's when like someone huge does something huge, like the president declares war on it, then that little part of life suddenly matters. But if you decide that that little part of your life doesn't really matter to you, you can just like not deal with it. And in some ways, like you would probably be better off. I find myself constantly, constantly dealing with the fact that I am paralyzed and trying to refresh my feed because I think at some point news will come in that will make you yes. feel better and it's not happening no, I'm, like, i've done this for days at a time it no, doesn't last happen. Night I, was, I was late in bed last night and i was like looking at twitter and i was just like what am i i was like i got to the top of my feed and there was nothing new there and i did a long poll to refresh <laughs> and i was like what do i think i'm going to see here like what i've done this for days and i uh, given i have mental illness but like at some point I do need like some kind of like Eastern European coach to be in my home and be like, put the phone yeah. down. Like that's I a, need someone that's to That's a startup idea me. right there, man. <laughs> you know, like yeah. that is a fucking idea for us right now. Let's start that. Let's get that. Let's get 20 million in funding. We'll send an Eastern European. Go anywhere <laughs> that isn't your phone or the refrigerator. I, I don't know why they're Eastern European, but I like the idea. Oh, Ryan, like you want to talk about, I know there's one thing you want to talk about, which is uh, near and dear to your heart, which is Twitter's new feature called Fleet. <laughs> I can't even hear you say it. Um, yes, Twitter <laughs> is doing stories that disappear with their like, they'll have text and images or whatever, which is like. First off, nobody wants fucking stories anywhere but Instagram anymore. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I think Twitter is actually a really good place for ugh, it. I'm going to hate it. I'm going to hate it. And also, like, LinkedIn is doing stories. It's just bad. Well, LinkedIn stories are dumb. I just think it's time and place. Like, I think there's certain things. Like, we have card stories on the site. I think there's certain things that we use it for that are really fucking cool and make a lot of sense. And then there's a lot of things that I wouldn't use it for. I think, like, LinkedIn's a place where I'm like, 
It's yeah, not like, the format isn't the problem. It's that whenever I go to use stories on different platforms, it's always made by people who aren't content creators. So they're not right. good. <laughs> no, like you don't want you don't want to see like the LinkedIn guys being like, you know, I ate, you know, yeah. four raw eggs for breakfast or whatever the fuck they're gonna talk no, about. Our stories not are good because we have professional writers and editors and like photographers working on yeah. them. Yeah. Um, but I'll say this. The name Fleet, for those unfamiliar with the word, um, Fleet is a brand of enema used by people mm. preparing for anal sex. Well, it can be used for other reasons. Oh, I mean, it's an, I mean, it's, people need enemas for non-anal sex purposes. Mm, I feel like they mostly need them for anal sex purposes. Okay, I mean, it right. comes up, but you know, there's other uses for lube, but I think for the most part... <laughs> Well, Luke can be used for a lot of things. In any event, it is similar to like um, fiber supplements where it's like old people purchase this or gay men. And if you are naming your product after an enema to start with, it's not good. But especially one that make people make so many jokes about. Uh, Pete Buttigieg was originally going to call his fans the Pete Fleet until I started making fun of them on Twitter. And then his comms director like DM'd me and was like, if we get rid of this name, will you delete your tweets? And I was like, no, I won't. Um, but it was, it's, Wait, it's really, yeah, oh my it's God. really bad. And, and wow. even Twitter itself had to go on Twitter comms or whatever and say like, we know what fleet means. <laughs> okay. But like, yeah, I mean, like, honestly, it's not a good I, name. Uh, no. And I, um, it is true that when I first heard it, I did first think of the Fleet Enema brand, not for the reasons that you thought of it, just because like when I think of the word fleet, there's two things that come to mind, which is like a fleet of ships or the brand of enema, which I know because I have, there's old people in my family and like, you know, I go to my grandparents' house and like, I remember opening like their cabinet. And I'm like, what is this? I think I had a conversation with my mom, like, what is, what is a fleet enema? And it was a very strange conversation, <laughs> let me tell you. But so anyhow, but it's if, like stuck in my brain. Even if none of these things were attached to that word already, just say it, fleet. It just sounds slippery. It's not a great word. <laughs> it's a bad well, it's like word. I tried to, well, I tried to create this thing on Pinterest called tweets, which is like Pinterest tweets, <laughs> where it's like you use, instead of using Pinterest for images, you would just type stuff in the comment of the image. Or like it just a, just a comment with no image. Mm -hmm. I think I was using like white, like no image images, like white. Anyhow, it didn't work out. I did like four of them and I was like, this is not going to be a thing. Um, but it reminded me of that also, which is another horrible name that I came up with that I regret even saying out <laughs> loud now. Tweets. <laughs> Pinterest tweets. Tweet. I guess they could have been Pete. I guess they could have been Pete. Tweet weirdly works because it's got a T at the beginning and a T at the end, and there's a little wee in the middle. Like it kind of works. Fleet yeah. it sounds like moist or phlegm. It's such a I, it's, bad word. I, well, I don't know. Why not just call it Twitter stories? Yeah. Because or here's Twitter the thing. taps or Twitter moments. Like, oh, that's great. Twitter cards, whatever. But he, oh, they have cards actually. No, but here's the thing. Like honestly, people think of it Instagram stories. They're like, I know what a story is. Stories is a good fucking way to describe it. It's like just steal their shit i actually think twitter could eat some of instagram's I mean, fucking instagram lunch stole it from snap stories yes i think that and i think that i think that unlike any other social network twitter could actually eat some of that time spent with fucking stories because of the way that its feed works and the way that people kind of like endlessly scroll but for some reason they've given it a dumb name and now what? i feel like they've shot themselves in the foot fleets and and you know, if they double down on this name, I will both respect them more and infinitely less. I have to say, uh, I think it's a shitty name. It's a bad name. No, I mean, uh, it's it's uh, it, we we have to just we gotta we gotta get back to our to our normal life to the real life. 
to the real world. So vote for vote Biden. For, no, what we need to do is go out, <laughs> instead of being on Twitter arguing with other dummies about this shit, uh, we need to go to the streets and argue with random We need strangers. to go into our families. You know? We need to go out uh, you know, and talk to the people who are like, he's crazy and try to convince him that he isn't, you know, like, yeah. but you know, it's tough. It's hard. It's hard to convince people. Uh, it's hard to convince people to change their minds and to, to not be scared. Fear is the mind killer. You know, fear is the thing that we are all grappling with right now. We live in a world of fear, you know, and by the way, coronavirus has made it even worse. We're now like, can I touch here. this? Can I be near this person? Is this restaurant okay to go to? You know, all kinds of weird racist shit's happening right now. People are like, should I, can I still eat Chinese yeah. food? You know, it's like, that's, you know, we, but it's all fear-based thinking. And, and the, and fear of the unknown is perhaps the worst, right? And I think that if I can leave us on any note, it's fear of the unknown is going to hinder us from making progress um, on, on so many, in so many ways. And it has been historically a thing that has hindered us from making progress. Fear of the other, fear of the unknown, fear of what is to come that you can't gauge or predict. You know, and the truth is you don't have control. You're not in control. You are out of control. The universe wants what it wants, and it's going to do whatever it wants to you. And you have to accept it and then vote for the person that you feel in your heart is the best next president of the United States. And yes, I am endorsing Tulsi Gabbard. I saw a funny meme, which was like, you know, that meme where it's like the Grim Reaper is going from door to door. No. <laughs> it was a t- well, there's this meme where the Grim Reaper goes from door to door and all the doors behind them are are like blood is spilling out from beneath them and they're open and it's knocking on another door. And it was Tulsi Gabbard and every door was all the other candidates. <laughs> it's like, Tulsi's almost done it, folks. It's really good. It's really good. <laughs> Just got to take out Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders and then Tulsi's world, baby. Uh, America's favorite I mean, it's, it's <laughs> Tulsi. I know people who actually, I know some people who really like Tulsi and think she's great. Um, and you know, that may, are they in a call? I mean, no, they, they mean, and who knows? We don't know. Fear of the unknown again is striking our, striking down our ability to vote Tulsi into office. But like, honestly, <laughs> she needs to fucking, uh, get out now. She's embarrassing herself. She just got to go home, go home, go home and worship your fucking cult leader. Yeah. And- do it anyhow. Right. Not, like, well, I don't want to tell a woman what to do. Okay, I don't want to mansplain the the race to Tulsi Gabbard. Um, I will anyhow. So look, uh, right, I think let's talk about nice. Things. Oh yes, let's do it. Go ahead. You want to go first? Um, yeah. Um, I would be a horrible person if I didn't mention that I got married and my nice thing was getting wonderful. Married. Um, love John, and we decided to do um, a simple sort of like low stakes day where we. Got married in Central Park with just our parents and an efficient because in New York City, you need to have a registered efficient. Um, and then had brunch, um, watched my brother, had a, had a lacrosse game. We watched it. And then we went out to a really nice dinner and went and saw Moulin Rouge um, on Broadway. And it was just a lovely low stakes day. And then we're going to have our parties. Like we're going to have a friend's party for our wedding and a family party. And this isn't just a way to soak up more attention. I really like hate that when I go to weddings, the bride and groom or the groom and groom or the bride and bride or the two spouses spend the whole time saying hello and goodbye and not enjoy yes. their $50,000 party. Yes. Um, and I don't want to do that. I want to really spend as much time with people as possible. And I got to spend a lot of time with my parents on my wedding day and talk to them about 
life and love and where we were going to have dinner. So it was nice. I think that's great. And, and I, I recommend I it. Think, I think people should the, – the biggest mistake people make is they don't take time to really enjoy uh, their wedding day. And I'm I'm guilty yeah. of this, and I and I always there's things about like I had a great I mean I loved it, but there are things about it that I think well I wish I'd had spent more time focused on this thing rather than worrying about this other. I thing. got to take a nap before we went to dinner, and I cannot overstate how much that increased my enjoyment of the whole day. Yeah, so, yeah, that's the way to do it. Well, in four years you'll get to be at my first wedding anniversary because we got married on leap day. Oh right, that's insane. <laughs> All right. Is it time for my nice thing? Sure. Okay. You know what I'm like? We were talking about this earlier uh, in Slack, but I'm I've been buying a lot of indie games lately. But I'm really into itch.io. Yeah. Um, which is like a market. It's basically like a Steam for all kinds of crazy it's games. Also like weirdly really a social network because you can follow developers and their work and get updates on new things they're doing. It's very cool. Yeah. It's really cool. There's a ton of stuff on here that like. There's a ton of stuff on here that's just so weird and interesting. And I I can't wait to play wait to play some of these games. But also, what I realized, which is super weird, and I don't know how this happened, but like, I bought a game on itch.io. I have no memory of this occurring. Called the Last Night by a guy named Tim Soret or Tim Soret. He's French, I believe. And and this game is like now on Steam as like it was a very some weird controversial thing happened. I bought this game in 2014. It's like you bought this five years ago. I was like, what? Um. And and it's like a flash game, uh, and it's just this weird cyberpunk flash game. And it's really fucking cool. I bought it five years ago. Um, and this guy t- he was working on a much more advanced version of it, which is like has somehow stuck in development hell because he said some like rude things on Twitter and uh, got canceled. Um, which is like I don't know. Like he also was like apologized for them and was like I was stupid. I don't know why I said those things. So anyhow, I don't know the whole story. But it was just weird because I'm like, oh wow, like I've been I was on itch.io like a long time ago. I guess I don't know in what capacity it existed. Maybe it was called no, something it was, else. It was. It, 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 it. I. I have some of those that I bought one off, like text adventure game that I bought for like two dollars. A bunch of weird stuff. But it was a storefront that was like an indie storefront way before the like Steam or like GOG days. And so they've recently just gotten really aggressive because of the competition and stepped their 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 uh, their game up Sorry, step their game gonna, up I was yeah say another word but i but i stopped myself uh no but uh but uh anyhow so i think it's like i think it's like pretty cool like i'm anyhow whatever i just it's nice there's just so much crazy weird shit people do all kinds of weird stuff like make like remakes like somebody did a remake of resident evil 4 as a side-scrolling like shooter sega genesis like, game yeah there's well that's like the original one right oh yeah they made like an actual sega genesis version of it yeah it's it's crazy well i will say uh, to piggyback on that you got to check out dreams on ps4 it's from the people who did little big planet media molecule and i was in the beta and the early access but people hadn't been doing a ton with it and i kind of got bored and that was around the time that we were kicking up input stuff so i didn't have any time to play video games but if you go there now it's basically like a game engine within a game and you can make basically anything you can think of. Wait, what is this? What it's is called it? Dreams? People oh, have Dreams, made, yeah. Like people are remaking all of Sonic Adventure within the game Dreams. Yeah, that's nuts. See, I'm into that. There's just, there's there's just so much unexplored. I mean, when you look at if you start to look around at HIO, um, you'll start to see there's some really interesting unexplored ideas that people are starting to play around with, and it's really fucking cool. Like there's some real weird auteurs that are doing just like strange 
strange stuff that I'm into. Um, I also I have a thought on the on why it why I've purchased the why it says I purchased these games. I'm wondering if like there are certain developers that basically said like if you've like previously purchased it and like licensed it and they've put it here as like it's like main home or whatever, maybe it just includes it. Like if you're like on a list For of a people while, people it were also using it on their own websites as their storefront. So you might have used itch.io and not really realized that and thought maybe it was a payment platform, which I kind of was. Yeah. I mean, yeah. At any, at any rate, it's a full, it's a full throated. It's cool. Uh, shit. Yeah. It's cool. Shit. Check it out. Itch.io. You'll, you'll be happy that I sent you. Um, well, I guess that's it. I mean, there's really nothing. I mean, <laughs> nothing else to talk about, right? Well, we hit the big ones. We got the big ones. We got fleets and we got, you know, Joe Biden. And I think that says it all. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best, though I've just been told that your family is all doing fleets right now and none of them have a Twitter account.